Hey all you cool Belgian pale ales and India pale loggers, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a women in beer podcast. On this episode, I'm joined with Zoe Lakata. Zoe is the new editorial assistant at Brewbound, so it's really fun to talk to her about starting with Brewbound. But before we get to that, a beer that I had this week wasn't a new beer by any means, but something I hadn't had in a while. It was Westix Brewing's Lemongrass American Wheat. It was a beer that I drank a lot when I was living in Lexington. Um, I was going to school at UK and would visit the, the Lexington, the original Wessex Brewing. So finally got to have it again after a couple years here in Louisville at the Wessex here in Louisville. And it was just as good as I remembered. I love wheat beers, as you can imagine. So this one, the lemon citrus and the lemongrass that they put into it complement each other really well. And it's just a very, very, very crisp and smooth uh, beer. So if you ever get, see it and can get your hands on it, I definitely would recommend it. And then something in craft beer that I saw this week that I really enjoyed was the um, the collaboration beer from um, Brian Allen called Brave Brave Noise Pale Ale. Um, she is the brewer at Notch Brewing that asked a question on Instagram: Have you ever experienced sexism in beer or in the beer industry? And it kind of launched the whole you know movement that we've been seeing in craft beer. So she's partnered with a few different organizations and our partners including women of the bevolution to create this global beer collaboration we've seen a lot of these in the past with the black is beautiful the um uh, resilience ipa um i'm you know we've done seen a lot for voting uh during the election uh area like election time so it's just another one of these but i think this one's obviously a lot more special especially for me in this podcast um, so this, you know, this collaboration is just to keep the momentum going and it's designed to advocate for safe spaces and inclusive environments in breweries and to be transparent with their policies and commit to long-term work. Because, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but now we're at the part of this movement where, you know, we're implementing policies and putting all the stuff we've talked about into actual work and change. Um, so if you're a brewery or a brewer interested in that, there's a story on porch drinking, how you can participate, or you can go to bravenoisebeer.com. And Brave Noise is a pale ale, and it is 4.5% ABV. So definitely go check out the story and see why Brianne is doing it, and um, go participate if you can to join this collaboration. With that being said, guys, you know, this beer is, this beer, I wish this beer is sponsored. This podcast is sponsored, though, by my good friends at Louisville Ale Trail. Beer? Beer, beer, passport, beer, tap room, beer, beer, good beer, stamps, beer, beer, adjuncts, collabs, beer, beer, from passports to to beer collabs to everyday happenings in Louisville, Kentucky tap rooms. Louisville Ale Trail provides an opportunity to explore Louisville, Kentucky tap rooms one beer at a time. So check them out at www.louisvilleailetrail.com. Beer. Guys, you know, every week I talk about how amazing they are, and I will continue to do that each and every week. Uh, I know they're coming out with their third edition of the Passport, which is super exciting. You know, that means they're adding more breweries to it because Louisville is getting more breweries, but they're doing just a other bunch of things that I'm excited about. So if you're in Louisville, grab a Passport, one of the tap rooms, get your stamps. Um, it's just a fun addition to visiting a brewery. And if you get a bunch of stamps, um, you can submit it and get some cool prizes or even some cash money. So once again, Louisville Ale Trail, check them out, follow them on social media. With that being said, guys, as always, 
Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode with Zoe. One more thing to mention, guys, we did have some technical difficulties. So there's one part of the interview that might sound a little weird, but I had stopped the recording and restarted it. Um, I think Zoe's getting hit with some of those tropical storms. So, but we got to figure it out for the most part. But if it sounds a little weird at some points, I apologize. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Zoe Lakata. Zoe is the, I would say, newest or newer editorial assistant at Brewbound. I believe you started, was it the end of May, early June? Uh, it was, yeah, beginning of May. It's been like, f- I don't know, four or five months now. Yeah. Four or five months. Yeah. So um, I had been listening to her on the Brewbound podcast with uh, Justin Fonte, who's been previously on this uh, podcast and then her co-host Justin Kendall and I very much enjoyed her perspective she brings to the Brewbound team and wanted to have her on here to talk about you know her career in Brewbound and all the things she's involved in so Zoe how are you doing this um, I believe it is a Wednesday I always have to check but I believe we are a Wednesday afternoon it is a Wednesday this holiday weekend kind of has messed me up I keep thinking it's a different day but yeah. I'm like I'm doing well <laughs> Like it's Tuesday and I'm like, no, it's Wednesday and tomorrow's already Thursday, then it's Friday. But yeah. Yeah. So obviously I mentioned that you are the new, your new editorial assistant at Brewbound, but one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on and what I found super fascinating when you were on one of the podcasts uh, for Brewbound was that you, before you joined Brewbound, you were, you worked on an HBO documentary about QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my first question, is, I guess, first of all, people aren't familiar with the the Q. It's called Q into the Storm. Tell people about it. Yeah. So Q into the Storm is a um, six part docuseries on HBO and it uh, follows our director, Colin Hoback, as he tries to figure out who Q is. And Q is this. It started on the Internet. Um, it's this conspiracy theory some people don't think it's a conspiracy but um that there is someone who's a close to the government who is spilling these secrets about what's really going on um that trump is was appointed president by the military and he's going to get rid of all the bad people um and so it's all about our documentaries following our director trying to figure out who's behind this who are the people who believe in this um, and it ends up going into uh, what we see now as people actually in politics believing in it and uh, leads up to the insurrection that happened in January. So how did you become involved in it? I know your background was a lot in digital print media uh, mm-hmm. producing, but how did you become involved in this documentary specifically? Yeah, so I first started on the project. I was my senior year of college. I went to Emerson College and we have this really cool internship Uh, semester you can do in Los Angeles and so I did that my fall of senior year and interned with Hyrex Films which Colin Hoback runs and my first or second day he was like I've heard about this QAnon stuff can you just spend the day and research it and report back to me and so I was like okay yeah sure and fell into this rabbit hole of all this crazy internet conspiracy stuff and that ended up becoming this documentary project so I worked on that for the entire semester Um, doing a lot of just finding people who believe in it, trying to get in contact with them, um, doing a lot of deep diving into the internet, and then left the project for a little bit, had to finish school, left Los Angeles, 
and Cullen reached back out to me in uh, the fall of this past year. And he's like, it's been bought. We really want you to come back um, and help us finish up this project. And so I joined back on as a story editor and helped with a lot of archival work and some of the production work as well. And then you mentioned, you know, it kind of finished with the, 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 the storming of the Capitol. How did that change the documentary? Because obviously you did not know that was going to happen. Nobody did. No. Uh, Cause, and you, and you finished it, was it? So it was, did, did another episode get added or was that, you know, it was always going to be this date and you just happened to, that was part of it. Yeah, it kind of changed everything. I mean, we were supposed to be done with post-production and everything by like December, like December was kind of, we went into the holiday season being like, yeah, our job is mostly done. We finished the project and then that happened. And so we went to HBO. We're like, we, we need an extension because we have to include this. And it became kind of one of the main parts of our whole series. So we kind of had to reshape everything around that, uh, which was a little stressful, but also kind of exciting. Um, and we all got to have our jobs for a couple more months as well. So uh, yeah, it changed everything. And then my final question, and we'll move on to you know more beer stuff. Yeah. What, was, what would you say was the most interesting part about working on this documentary? <sighs> That's a hard question. It's, I, I guess probably it would be, just talking to some of the people who believe in this stuff I mean on like the surface level when I was first reaching out to these people I was finding them on like Facebook and stuff and they seem like okay so you're talking about you know reaching out to people and I think you're about to say they seem so normal or yeah so people seem like really normal people they're living a lot are like um in the midwest or we had a couple people in florida and they had been like really liberal before too and they just felt like misrepresented by their government and so they fell into the internet and fell into these what most people would assume are really crazy like unbelievable theories and they take it really really seriously and so it was kind of interesting having these conversations with people where on one hand it's it you're having a normal like friendly conversation with someone right. and on the other hand they believe in this kind of stuff that is damaging to the right. country no I I find it very fascinating so that's I was like I, I know it's not beer related but we had to talk about it so we will yeah. switch over to beer. So I guess essentially my question is, how did you go from working on this documentary to landing at Brewbound? Yeah, um, it's a little question. bit of a career change covering yeah. the topic. Yeah. Um, so how it happened was, I mean, the documentary was kind of like my uh, first big project after graduating college. I'd been doing freelance, a lot of just like print work um, before that and a little after that. and. Um, I decided I didn't really want to do freelance anymore. I needed something more consistent. And um, I applied to literally every possible like writing job that there is out there, as people do uh, when you're fresh out with your degree. Right. Um, and uh, our uh, editor-in-chief um, at BevNet, he reached out and he's like, I've seen your clips. I like it. Let's talk. Um, I went through the interview process. And it was originally a position that was like an editorial assistant for all of ben BevNet, which is like the parent company um, of Brewbound. And through our interviews, they decided that we need one that's just dedicated to Brewbound and one for 
the other side of BevNet. And so I became that dedicated beer person. Um, I had familiarity with beer just as a consumer. Um, I mean, I, me and my boyfriend are like go-to date is to go to like some new brewery and try something out. Um, I've always loved just trying out new beers. Um, And so I knew a little bit about like the local scene, um, but not too much about the industry as a whole. And they said, we'll, we'll teach you. We like your writing and we think you'll be a good fit. And so that's how I ended up here. Yeah. I find that again, you know, super fascinating because, you know, you, you're writing about all these big breweries and I, I know you're, you're up in the Northeast and you're covering breweries, you know, West coast, you know, all over. Is it been hard to like teach yourself about all these new breweries and kind of who they are? Cause they've been, you know, most of them have been around for many years. Yeah, it's been an adjustment for sure. I mean, I I didn't really know anything about like any of the parent companies, like who owns who. I don't know like who are supposed to be like the big names. I, I had to kind of learn really fast. Um, but fortunately, I think um, I joined at a right time where a lot of the uh, companies are kind of trying to hit refresh and um, either reinvent themselves or recover from the pandemic and everything. And so they're also kind of relearning the industry almost. And so when I'm talking to these companies uh, for our stories, they're both eager to, to talk about their company and get their name out there. And they're also still trying to learn. And so they, they understand what it's like to to try to familiarize themselves. Um, And so that's been really helpful. And I also think that there's a lot of stuff that um, translates across industries uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to journalism. So a lot of my stories have been about diversity issues, or I mean, my first month was when we had all those issues of harassment um, and toxic workplace. So those are things that they're universal. And so that kind of stuff is, was more comfortable covering just because it's not just a beer industry thing. And then also kind of explain to people what it means to be an ed- editorial assistant. What, you know, what is your, your, what is it you do for your, as your job? Yeah. So I kind of do a bunch of different things. I'm, my main job is to like be the support for everyone. So I, you are like handling all the press releases that no one wants to deal with. So every, everything that a company sends out that gets sent to me and I'm figuring out if we're going to put it out or not. Um, I am also doing a lot of our like summary or sweetener stories. So if we have like a press release or data that comes in that might not require like doing a bunch of interviews, but requires just kind of putting our own spin on it, then I'll be doing that as well. Um, And then I'm also just writing. So it's similar to like a regular writer where you're doing your own stories. Um, So it's it's a mix of a couple things, um, but mainly, yeah, just being there as a support system for our editors and a writer as well. So you've been there since, I guess you said, end of May, start of June. What has been your favorite thing so far about, uh, you know, writing about the beer industry? Oh, good question. Um, I also went to journalism school too, so. <laughs> I can tell, very nice. Um, I mean, my favorite part has probably been, I think it would just be talking to the people who are so passionate about it and passionate about what they're doing. Um, I've been able to talk to some people who are just really excited about either mostly about like what they're doing means. So I've talked to people who like they're trying to represent like their 
heritage and their upbringing with their lines or I've talked to people who are starting like uh, scholarships or grant programs and so talking to people who are really excited about beer and passionate about what they're crafting and creating um, but also using that to do something else has been really cool and something that um, I don't think I really thought about as being so prevalent in the craft beer industry before um, and have now so yeah that's been just really fun and just talking to people in general I mean craft craft is such, um, it's all about like you're creating something that's kind of personal or um, it's, it's more artsy, I guess, than some things. And so I think that draws people who are really excited and passionate about things. And so those people are, they're really fun to talk to. What has been your favorite story that you've published so far? Um... I say there's probably, I'd have to give two, two as my favorite so far. The first would be one of my very first stories that I did um, was on uh, this company called Lunar who does uh, hard seltzers, but it is all about um, bringing like Asian inspired flavors in. Um, and it's created by these guys who won um, a brew bound pitch contest a couple years ago. And they've had really good success since then. And they, uh, the story I did was about this heritage line that they were coming out with that was all about um, these flavors inspired by places they had been or they had grown up with that reminded them of home. And they were, there are two young guys who are um, really passionate about like not just doing something that represents themselves, but represents like a lot of different people in a community. And they were coming up with these cool flavors that I had never heard of. They had like a pineapple cake flavor. They had um, like a savory flavor that had like MSG in it. Like they were doing really cool stuff, but also making sure they're doing something that like reaches a consumer that hadn't really been thought about before. And so that was one of my favorites to do and a really good one to just start out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently I just did a story about... Um, Beer Culture just launched the Sparks Foundation, um, which is a new grant program that provides Black men and boys money to start their own business initiatives. And I was talking to Leticia, who is the CEO over at Beer Culture, and she is one of the most passionate people I've ever met and so kind. Um, and like everything that she does is just about like doing something for other people. Um, and so she was great to talk to and the Sparks Foundation is really awesome. Um, and I got to talk to people at Primitive Beer who they are selling a beer that is gonna help fund that. Um, and they are also just super excited. They just had a baby like a few days before I talked to them and they were still willing to like talk to me <laughs> and they kept apologizing for being tired. And I was like, no, the fact that you're even talking at right. all is like amazing. Um, so yeah, those two stories kind of stand out to me. It's just, they're stories about people who are really excited about what they're doing and they're doing something not necessarily for themselves, but for other people. Yeah, I'm very familiar with beer culture and what they're doing and they're doing some incredible things. So I was, I saw, I saw that story that you did and I knew the, what they were doing with it. So it's always, I always love seeing them get as much uh, press and publicity as they can. Um, and then kind of on the other hand, what has been the hardest part of covering the beer industry since you've started? Yeah. Um, I guess there's two aspects to it. The first would be, I mean, just the logistics of having to 
learn all the ins and outs of it, um, having to familiarize myself with all the different laws and like how things are different state to state like that. I didn't know that was a thing at all. Um, my colleague, uh, Jessica Fonte was explained to me one day that like there's certain state like you can't have any advertising that you can't break over your knee like there's just like these weird like yeah (laughs) I've never heard of that one yeah so there's like all these random like laws that have been into effect for who knows how long but um so just getting to to figure all that out learning all the like lingo and everything um has been challenging but everyone's been really helpful in teaching me that and then the second part is um I think in craft, it's um, it's an interesting industry because everyone's like, oh, it's a fun industry. Like we're having a great time. Um, we're all great people. And that can sometimes lead it, people to be, um, I don't know, not as, I want to say honest is the word, but they're, they're not as uh, open to criticism, I guess. And so when we have to deal with stories that are a little a little more serious or um, might deal with um, issues like that. I mean, we've had to do a lot of like harassment stories and stuff. Um, It's hard to do that when you're dealing with an industry that's all about, oh, but we're having a good time. Like, it's all right. Like, this is how the industry goes. Um, And especially being an almost like an outsider to that industry being so new, it's also kind of hard to kind of push back on people a little bit um, when they're like, no, that's just, that's our culture. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've seen a lot of that in the past, I would even say, you know, a year, just with everything happening in our society, and especially even recently with the accusations of sexism, sexual racism that came out. So it is a weird, it is a weird, it's weird for us as people who write about beer to be like, actually, yes, beer is fun, but not all the time. Right. It, it is an alcohol and it's fun to drink and it's normally a good time, but it's still a a business and businesses can be ugly, especially behind the scenes. So, right. Exactly. Um, are there any stories that you're working on right now that you want people to look out for or that you're excited about? Um, yeah, I have, so I have two stories that are coming out, um, in the next week or so. Um, I have one, I talked to the new president of Atlanta, uh, brewing and he, this a cool guy. He doesn't come from any sort of beer background, really. He comes mostly from like sales and marketing. And um, he is taking the brand into a direction where they focus more on being like a representative of the city of, Lan- of Atlanta and like the culture of Atlanta. Um, and so I talked to him about how he's changing it more into, he calls it like a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, another I've been doing a lot of stories of like older brands that are trying to refresh themselves and that's a story similar to that um I also have a story coming out about Santa Fe Brewing um they have been doing an interesting thing where they and while everyone's kind of expanding into new states and like trying to grow as big as they can they actually pulled out of a lot of states and they're like we want to be more of a local brand like we want to be all about our local community and do as much as we can here and their priority isn't really expanding, even though they have the ability to. Right. So that's kind of a cool story. And the uh, people who run that are really passionate about um, their community and the people that work for them. Um, they set up a program for their employees during the pandemic to cover all their salaries, um, including all their like tipped wages and everything. Um, so they're a really cool company. Um, so that should be coming out in the next next like week or so. When you come up with these ideas to write these stories, how, 
is it, do you get a press release or is it just like word of mouth? Because obviously you're up in, I think you're up in, you're in Boston or Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. So you're I'm writing about a Santa Fe. Is it through a press release or you just, I don't, I mean, how do you come up with these story ideas or these pitches? Yeah. I like 95% of the time it is coming from press releases. Um, and most of that is either going to be from us seeing that uh, people are expanding a lot and we'll be like, oh, that's interesting. So they have the ability to grow. We should talk to them and see what their plans are and how they've been successful. Um, or it'll come from a lot of like new hires or um, we call it like people moves, like people moving around um, on the leadership side. Whenever we see that, we kind of flag that as like, this is something we should pay attention to. So most story ideas are coming from press releases um, and those all come right across. <laughs> my screen every day so I get how to go many through press releases do you get in a day it depends I would say like Tuesdays and Thursdays are the biggest days and those I probably get uh I mean we, we it's not too crazy I probably get like 30 something okay and then on the slower days they'll probably be like 10 but they can quickly add up so if you don't keep on top of them you can get lost very very easily I somehow got, I got, I get a lot of press releases, but I somehow got on some weird ones where I get like emails about like lobster and beer pairings. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I don't think it's real. And I delete it. And then they follow up. They're like, we're just following up. And I'm like, I am not writing about lobster and beer. I don't know anything about lobster. Yeah. We have a lot, like a lot of the ones we get sent directly that will get sent like immediately in my email box will be stuff that we wouldn't really like write about and I have like working on my skills of being like I don't necessarily have to reply to these people even though they like seem very nice (laughs) but uh luckily we have this nice little system that people submit directly to us and we have some requirements for that so it filters out a lot of the things that we automatically know we would not be putting on our site that's yeah that's fantastic I thought you were gonna say like closer to like 60 or 70 so if if we didn't have those filters uh, it would definitely be much 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 higher and we're also getting I mean we subscribe to a couple other uh press release like newsletters and other things like that so that adds another like I don't know a couple dozen on every day as well so in addition to the like the writing portion of Brewbound, I know you've joined Jess and Justin on uh, the Brewbound podcast. Is that something that you uh, were brought on to do or just something that they wanted you to include you on? Because you are, you're, you're young, you're even younger than me, which everyone calls me a baby, but <laughs> I think you bring a unique perspective. So was that always the plan to join them on the podcast or is that something new that they've decided? Uh, I don't know if it was always the plan. I think it was an idea, but it was never like concrete. Um, it wasn't like when I signed on, we're like, oh, by the way, you're going to be part of our podcast. Right. Um, I think it just kind of, I mean, my role on the podcast has kind of been like the designated like Gen Z correspondent. And I um, love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of happened that happened from just conversations that uh, Justin, Jess and I would have like in our Monday, in our like morning meetings. And they'd be like, oh, I heard this new term or something. And well, what let's, is talk, that let's talk about the term that I legit was kayaking when you had to describe to Jess what a darty was. And I <laughs> was cackling so hard because I grew up in the generation. I don't know if I'm a Gen Z. I don't know. There's so many. I'm 26. So I don't know what group I'm in. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the weird, like in between. I'm yeah. also weird in between. I'm 24. So we're like, 
I could be a Gen Z, but could also be a millennial. It's yeah. A, it's a weird life. Yeah. And you had to explain to Jess what a darty was. And I was losing it because darty is such a word that was used when I was in college. Cause I went to a university of Kentucky. So it's a big party school. So there's a lot of darties yeah. and it wasn't really the one to participate them. And I actually hate the word darty because it's just but I, yeah, so you, you had to explain to Jess what a darty is, which is a day party. Essentially you yeah. drink, you day party. Um, and then, yeah, so that happened a lot during like football games on campus oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, you definitely bring a unique, like younger perspective, which makes the podcast, you know, really a lot more like fun and enjoyable to listen to, especially for me, because I guess we're in a similar age group. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think it's been, it's been fun. Um, it's definitely been, I've had to kind of like uh, evaluate like everything that my, me and my friends are doing now to like keep an <laughs> eye out for anything that might stand like, out. Cause I didn't know that like Darty wasn't like a common phrase or like, um, just didn't know that we called like twisted teas tweez. And that oh, was I like, think I've heard that one. Yeah. So that's <laughs> like I've, all my friends refer to Twisted Tees as Tweez. And she was like, I have I've never heard that in my entire life. That's not real. Um, so okay, yeah, I've so, heard that one. So yeah, but so I feel, like, kind of, I feel like Tweez are making a big comeback right now. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that they were like back, you know, they're they're hot again, but I've never heard them called Tweez. Okay. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, so I have to keep an eye out now for that kind of stuff. Or I, it seems normal to me, but I guess, guess it's not. You're out at a party and you just like have a notebook, you like scribble in it. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just taking notes for the podcast. Yeah, I've already like started to annoy my friends a little bit because I'll be asking them questions all the time. Like, oh yeah, so what are you drinking? Like, oh, do you like, do you care about like slim cans or like thick cans? Like are you sick of seltzers yet? Like trying to slip in like little surveys with people. And they're like, Zoe, we know you're like doing this for work. Like just yeah. relax, just like enjoy our party. <laughs> That's hysterical. I love that so much. Oh but, gosh. Um, yeah. So, and then, so you just, so you got your brew bound and eating the podcast. Is there anything else? Like, you, I know you did some freelancing before Are you just strictly with brew bound right now. Yeah, I'm just with Boobrand right now. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, but I'm I'm happy to have this consistent thing um, finally right. with a salary job. It's It's <laughs> been pretty nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I am for, for Has, the time being. You kind of mentioned before that you had gone to just breweries with your boyfriend and you know, you were just kind of a casual beer drinker. Has, you know, writing for Boobrand and working for Boobrand changed you as a consumer? I know it's kind of changed the way you act at parties because you're always taking notes. Was it changing as an actual beer drinker? It has a little bit. I mean, I've been a little bit more aware of like what brands and things that I'm reaching for. um, And some of that has to do with like, oh, I don't know if I want to support this brand or not. And some of that has to do with like, oh, I'm really excited about this brand. Maybe I should give it a try. Um, And also just... um, I've just noticed more about like what I like as a consumer um, and what I tend to reach for. Um, I think I've become a little bit more of a beer centric person. I think I started to fall a little bit into that like seltzer. Um, I was doing a lot of like hard ciders for a hot minute um, game. And I think I've, I've grown a little bit more appreciation for just beer itself. Um, And so I've reached for that a little bit more. But yeah, just like overall a little bit more observant than I was before. 
Yeah, I think that comes with like the territory when you start to cover the beer industry because you are aware of like breweries like, oh, I don't want to support them because I know this more than just the average person. Like I'll go to my friend's house. I'm like, oh, you bought or you, I mean, you bought founders and they're like, yeah, why? And I like have to explain to them why. Cause just like the average person, right. like average beer drinker is not going to know. So it is, it does come with the territory. You tend to skip over brands that, you know, like not so great things have come out about the company. So. Right. Exactly. And it's been something that like, I, I've tried, I haven't quite figured out how to balance like me as myself making those decisions and also like something that people, sorry, I lost you for a little bit. Um, it's, I feel like beer news is something that like people are really concerned are you gonna yeah I think we're good now (laughs) okay Okay. just keep talking we'll work I think the storm is messing with our wife oh yeah we're about to get um yes yeah um so it's yeah it's something that people aren't really paying attention to and I don't want to be that person's like oh did you know like maybe you shouldn't do this, but also that's part of my job. So it's yeah. like a weird balance of, of deciding what to do with that. There's, there's definitely only like a couple of brands that I just was like, Hey, I'm not going to tell you what beers to drink, but cause you know, it just happens with any company, whether it's like, you know, a, a local coffee shop that does some things that you're just like, Oh, what's, you know, so it's the same for beer. Yeah. Right. And then my last question before we get to, sorry, there's a gnat flying around. Um, my rapid fire is I know you went to high school with someone very famous in the beer industry. So uh, talk about who that was and what it's like to go to the same high school as him. Yes. So I went to the same high school as Sam Caledroni. I went to, who is the founder of Dogfish Head. I went at the same time as his son, his also named Sam Caledroni. Um <laughs> Really? Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's kind of like a notorious alum. Um, he didn't technically graduate. I think he got kicked out for sneaking beer onto campus. Um, <laughs> but he got like an honorary degree uh, after the fact, which I guess, I mean, is fits him perfectly. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, he's notorious on campus. He like, we... No, I used to work like our reunions and stuff during the summer and everyone was warned like if it's Sam Caledroni's reunion like don't give him golf cart keys like keep an eye on him he stole a golf cart one year and like flipped it over a hill um oh. yeah so he, yeah so he's he's well known on campus but his him and his wife are so I mean his wife is like part of um I want to say like the alumni board or something like she's a really big deal on campus as well so they also do a lot for the school um but it's been weird like coming into the industry and I just hear his name all the time now and like have to have business meetings with him sometimes I'm like I I know who you are I know about your reputation yeah I have uh two of his books on my shelf right now so yeah he's a cool dude he is um my one of my closest friends actually dated his son for a minute (laughs) and she was like I he's so they're so nice and they treat me so well but his voice is so like 
it's so surfer Cali bro yeah. that I would get distracted by it all the time <laughs> I was like yeah yeah it's it's very interesting having serious meetings with him and he's he did you like ever he watch his tv show I haven't I've heard yeah. many things about it but I haven't watched it yet I think I've seen a couple episodes but it's I mean it's it's I don't know I, I say it's good but like I might be the only one that thinks that it's old now so it's funny to like watch an episode and be like they came out with this beer like 10 years ago so (laughs) but um yeah no I it's definitely interesting oh yeah well okay so we'll 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 end this with my my rapid fire um and then my two questions and I'll let you enjoy the rest of your evening cool six pack of 12 ounce cans or four pack of 16 ounce cans oh I'm gonna have to go with the four pack of 16 yep if you're drinking straight from it a bottle or a can can a New England or West Coast IPA? New England. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> Got to stay true to New England. Yeah. Uh, stout or porter? Porter. Seltzer or cider? Cider. Gosa or Berliner Weiss? Berliner Weiss. You prefer chocolate or vanilla in your beer? Ooh. I'm going to go with chocolate. A brewery cats or brewery dogs? brewery dogs uh favorite beer city that you've been to uh, i mean i'm gonna say boston just because i have a little bias for boston i'll take it i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> uh favorite beer glass style to drink out of oh good question i'm see i'm too new to know the names of all of them but i like the little one that like it's like skinny on the bottom and then like swerves a little bit it looks like a regular pint glass but it goes down a little bit on the end um, is it have like sense. a stem or is it stemless? Stemless. Is it like here? Is it like this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a Willie Becker. Willie Becker. Oh, yeah. nice name. You get really nerdy and like I know too many like styles of beer glasses, which <laughs> un- I guess useful knowledge since I do work in the beer industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your go-to beer right now? Like, what's a beer that's in your fridge right now? Oh gosh, or uh, seltzer or cider yeah it's literally changing all the time especially because we're getting sent stuff all the time Mm -hmm. um I am reaching I mean my go-to in the summer and don't tell my colleague Jess because she will hate me for it but Sam Adams summer ale is like my go-to I think you're gonna mention um a Boston uh beer uh, the beer brand yeah yeah it's I can't help it I just that's my summer beer it's a good one it is a good one And then my two questions. If you could go on any beer vacation, where would it be and why? Ooh. I would go, I feel like I'd want to do a beer vacation in Denver. I feel like there's so many places out there and I haven't really explored the beer scene there. I mean, I haven't been there since I could legally drink. So I definitely would want to go there for sure. Yeah, I just had to cancel my trip for CBC, so I'm super bummed. Oh no! Yeah, the the tap room that I or the the brewery that I work at is opening our tap room in August, and I just like can't leave a month after us opening. Um, so yeah, that's fair. And the the opening day got pushed back like a couple of weeks due to construction, so I'm just like this sucks, but I'm gonna have to cancel. And I haven't been to Denver either, so I'm super bummed. But I, yeah, I, that's hard. I'll get out there one day for something like GABF or something. Definitely. And then final question, who would you most love to have a beer with? If you could sit down at the, your local brewery or bar and ha- sit at the 
you know, sit at the bar and have a beer with somebody, who would it be? Oh, see, one part of me wants to be like, oh, I need to come up with like a really clever answer for someone who like I could have a really in- like intellectual conversation with. And then the other part of me is like, I really want to sit down with Harry Styles and like have a pint with him in a British pub. So <laughs> I think that's, that is, I mean, that's a great answer. So yeah, that's just what comes to my head first. I, I mean, he's kind of always on my mind, so that's probably why, but I feel like I could have a nice, like good old English night with Harry Styles and a pint and beer. So mine's Jennifer Lawrence. So I, I totally oh, get it. Okay. Everyone say these like great. really cool answers, like sophisticated and like politicians and like I'm just like I just want to like I I'm in Louisville now and that's where she's from and I'm like we could sit down and have a beer and talk about Louisville and I just love her so um yeah Fine that's a fantastic like she answer. is a great time okay um, <laughs> yeah and to sit into like an actual like English pub would be even better too so yeah yeah exactly you get him a few beers and get him a little uh feel like he'd have some good stories too Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you can get him dancing a little bit. Yeah. Fun. And he could spill on the one direction days and like, yes, exactly. Yeah. No, great answer. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> get him up there, have him sing watermelon sugar on oh. or something. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Zoe, I seriously appreciate so much popping on here with me. Um, I enjoy what you're doing for Brewbound and um, keep up the good work and keep Jen, Jess and uh, Justin Young with your, your Gen Z talk with them. It's honestly the best part of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I had a fun time. Of course. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too.